Jones, Indiana Jones, Indiana Jones, it's a podcast about Indiana Jones, every movie, one minute at a time, Indiana Jones, minutes. Welcome back to the Indiana Jones Minute. This is the podcast where we burn our way through Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade one minute at a time. I'm Pete Mummert. Oh, I'm Tom Taylor. I forgot how the show worked. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it's been a while. Um, Gerald Christopher St. Oliver Plunkett, patron saint of peace and reconciliation. Porter. Huh. <laughs> hey, you, okay. you weren't expecting that from me, were you? <laughs> Not, no, I was just Jim Plunkett, patron saint of, of touchdowns. <laughs> Why? <laughs> and we are excited to welcome back all the way from the map room in Tannis, host of Kevin Geeks Out, Kevin Marr. Welcome back, Kevin. Thanks. Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, it's been glad a while. To, glad to be here in someone's earphones. <laughs> <laughs> That's where we all live. Yes. That's right. It's like back in the day, you know, the, the cartoonish idea that, you know, children would, would see the radio and they imagined little people in there. We yeah. live in headphones. <laughs> while, while people are doing the dishes <laughs> <laughs> and now people have to be even smaller to fit inside iphones and things oh yeah we like those... keep, we just keep getting smaller yeah. yeah tom that was so weird you sang that little orphan annie song <laughs> <laughs> and it sounded like it sounded real like you were inside the 1930s radio. Yeah, I'm a tiny little 1930s guy and you're inside your phone. Every once in a while, you pull the weirdest uh, <laughs> poop, poop out. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> uh, no swearing. Oh, well, thank you for that, Mr. Porter. <laughs> and today we're going to be talking about minute 68. Minute 68 begins with Henry warning about armies of darkness marching all over the face of the earth and ends with Nazis burning books from the future. Which um, is funny because you said we're going to be burning through the movie minute by minute. I did. And yeah. this is a minute <laughs> <with> burning. <laughs> nice. He gets it. Um, yeah, Henry, okay, starts this minute. Like last minute he said, uh, you know, the, the search for the grail is not archaeology. And here he says it's a race against evil. If it is captured by the Nazis, the armies of darkness will march all over the face of the earth. And aside from making me want to see Indiana Jones versus the Evil Dead, from that <laughs> Armies of Darkness uh, reference, uh, I don't kind of get this. And I think Indiana Jones is with me. I don't really get what Henry is saying. It sounds like he's going a little bit off the deep end. I mean, do we think that if the Nazis get the... Even forgetting what you learned at the end of the movie about how that whole everlasting life thing works... Uh, do we see how, if the Nazis get the grail, they will walk all over the face of the earth? I think I think Henry's resorting to Crusade-era imagery. Yeah. like I, It's like he's he's become part of this quest to the degree that he's now sort of put himself into the actual Crusades. Like a lot of the things he's going to say in the next few minutes kind of reference being in the Crusades. Yeah. Well, I, you know, I think that's a great point and a great question there, Tommy, because this is one of the most famous lines in the movie and i had the same question i'm i'm imagining so you know this miles long queue of nazi soldiers uh lined up to drink from the holy grail <laughs> yeah. and then and then now it's like they they 
they would never die, but they all have the same flu. Right. <laughs> like they they're all contract- Yeah, they all they they've contracted the same <laughs> you know, whatever whatever's going around, but not now they're never going to die, I guess. And then what happens if you have like a von Stauffenberg in the mists? It's like you you have you have somebody who tries to kill Hitler or who winds yeah. up being a, a quisling or a traitor, and you're like, well, now there's a Nazi soldier and you can't kill him. Yeah, that's true. Although if Hitler's the first one to drink, he can't kill Hitler either. It'd just be. Like I mean, what, what what would it be? <laughs> yeah, I, don't <laughs> <know>. <laughs> I don't know. But I think what's interesting is when. You, you know, the quest for the grail is not archaeology. It's a race against evil. How long has that sentence been true? Like, was that, <laughs> has it been true ever since Donovan found the first marker north of, you know, Ankara? Or has the quest for the, has the, quest for the grail always been a race against evil? And like, oh, yeah. Yeah, Henry Sr. always known. <laughs> if you're look Jerry, if you're looking for truth, go down the hall to the philosophy. <laughs> <laughs> Have you learned nothing from this movie? <laughs> well, that was that was good. Well, see, I mean, I mean, we've been because we've been discussing, you know, throughout this whole movie, what was God or Joseph of Arimathea like? What was their motivation for keeping the cup of Christ hidden here, on, you know, on Earth? Yeah, yeah and I, I thought about getting... this. Uh, no, I know the answer. I know the answer. I discovered it in this minute. It's exactly like Cannonball Run. <laughs> it's a race against evil. <laughs> <laughs> it's a race against Burt Reynolds. Yeah, no, it's a race against. Evil stuff. Yeah, and there's uh, no, but that's. It, I mean, yeah, that comes, I, I forget if I said this last minute or not, but it, it feels like there's not supposed to be a race for the ark or, or for for the ark for the for the Grail. There's not supposed to be one. Like God's not inviting people to try to find the grail it doesn't seem like it's supposed to be left alone like Sala would understand that it is not of this earth or something it's not meant to be disturbed uh-huh. that's the sense i keep getting i don't know if i'm making that up but it's like no, I, but I, no I don't, I, I, yeah. but, but the ark didn't have a whole bunch of clues leading to it that people had left that, well that's the really confusing thing it's yeah. like why are people leaving all these markers for something that's not supposed to be found oh yeah. but wait a minute is that true peter Think about all the staffs and the headpieces and all the, you know what I mean? You have to Very go true. into the yeah. you have to go into the map room. That's true. Mm-hmm. That's true. You know it's something we never discussed in Raiders. Were yeah. there all sorts of different ersatz headpieces? Hmm. Um like that would lead you to the wrong the wrong Yeah, building. or it had the wrong gem in it or it was I, I don't know. Like like the way that the the like they talk about different size staffs, but we never see any other head. Like how many head pieces mm-hmm. for the staff of Ra are floating around? At least two or one and a half. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, I only bring it up because you're talking about, we don't have markers or like, mm-hmm. yeah, that would suck. I, I had the, uh, the cantina playset when I was a kid, the star Wars cantina playset. Yeah. And it had, it came with two right doors, so I couldn't have the doors. They had these doors that you would press a button and they would swing open. And so my mom wrote to uh, Kenner. Kenner, and they actually sent two door. Like they sent two more doors to fix it. But the problem was they sent two more right doors. Oh my! So God. I had four right doors, and I did, It was just the most frustrating thing in the world. Is I've to this day never seen what that's supposed to act, operate like. Is it and I just possible? Think if you came across, what's that? Is it possible you had the left door upside down? 
so that oh, it appeared to be the right door. You All know what? Time. This entire podcast, we thought Pete Mummert was smart. <laughs> this is going to haunt my dreams. Yeah, this is going to haunt me for a long time. I had to send. Just, a, I, had to send in the I had to send. I had to send a book back to Amazon because the entire book was printed upside down. <laughs> <laughs> but that's how it would feel if you get the wrong, like the wrong headpiece. Like this has been your life's work, and you get there, and you're like, "Oh, it's broken. This doesn't work." It's bro- <laughs> or it's yeah. not there, and you just give up. And that would just be like the the most frustrating thing in the world. Well, the the way he says it, you know, it's a race against evil. It sounds like God's hosting a reality show here. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's, you know, it's like a survivor thing. It's a race against evil. Well, I like what you said before that it's a, uh, it's, it's, he's thinking in, in crusade terms and mm-hmm. using that kind of terminology, like. Almost like he's talking about Mordor or something. Like just mm-hmm. like that totally when he when he says armies of darkness march across the face of the earth, it was like, Oh right, he was gonna be Gandalf. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. That would have worked. But it, yeah. during the Crusades, like the Crusaders thought they were bringing about the apocalypse. Like they thought that they were gonna bring about the end of time by the, their crusading to the Holy Land. And I feel like this imagery is kind of the same exact like apocalyptic. Mm imagery like it's very dark it's very i mean yeah. it's very haunting mm-hmm. and i would be kind of annoyed it, it sounds like dialogue in a movie it doesn't sound like somebody something that somebody would i don't know if henry totally believes this or if he's you know yeah like just kind of like reading from his books or something but indiana jones is like dad you're not making a lick of sense like i'm, I'm mad at you because you've never made sense about all this stuff and i don't get it and i still don't get it well, does, so that kind of he- gives me something to hold on to does henry just put that together right now here at that crossroads <laughs> that's what um, i'm wondering like or oh, about the armies all, of darkness no about about it's a race against evil uh, or did, did he no, discover I, that like 35 years ago that's what it sounds like that's what's weird it's yeah. like why is it a race in the first place and why i mean yes your 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 enemies right now are the nazis so i guess that's a race against evil but it's not but it makes it sound like yeah like the god or the grail or something set that up which i don't get that, that impression at all it's also interesting that 15 years before this conversation, before their conversation, the, the Joneses' conversation took place, uh-huh. who who was the evil if not the Nazis? Mm-hmm. Ex- exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. So did it? Did, like, did God set it up like some kind of fun game? Like I'm gonna put <laughs> this thing here, <laughs> or or also, whatever. You know, I'm gonna guide it so that it winds up being, uh, you know, beyond the crescent moon. But I'm gonna have it kind of like a, you know, a blurry map. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's really. It's like a, it's, a, it's like a scavenger hunt. It's very much a scavenger hunt, <laughs> which is also uh, as what. Well, I, I don't mean to stray too far away from this minute, but I think it supports what you're talking about, which is when you do get to the cave at the end, why would there be four dozen other chalices to choose from? And where <laughs> did those come from? Did the knight bring them all? Right. It makes <laughs> yeah. no sense, except like, what's the end game, except to your point, make it some kind of a scavenger hunt, cannonball run reality show. Yeah. <laughs> cannonball Price is run right. reality show. I love it. Price is right. <laughs> what if, what if, I mean, I haven't seen this movie in 30 years, whatever it is, but what if all those chalices like aren't real? They're kind of like hologram chalices, mm. but if you choose it, it becomes real. 
I mean, <laughs> Yahweh does all sorts of crazy stuff. You know what I'm saying? He is a weirdo. <laughs> you like that, Pete? <laughs> yeah, I did. Is, uh, <laughs> is Indy happy or sad to learn that the quest for the grail is not about archaeology? <laughs> I think he'd be really annoyed. Like, what am yeah, I doing I, here? Yeah. <laughs> I, th- I mean, he hates archaeology, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, let like, me ask yeah, you this. He's kind of relieved. This is this gets to something that I've been thinking about for a while. And guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to compare this movie to Raiders of the Lost Ark for some reason. <laughs> In Raiders, Indy thought that all the ghost stories about the Ark were just, you know, out of superstitious hocus pocus. But he was going after the Ark. He wanted it. He was like, he was going to be the guy to bring home this incredible find of incredible historical significance. Like even beyond, you know, whether God was involved or not, or there was some, some, something kind of holy about it. But here, like early on in Donovan's office, he gets a kind of Tannis-like look of like when he realizes that they're talking about the Holy Grail. He's like, oh my gosh, the Holy Grail. But then immediately after that, and for the rest of the movie, he's like, eh, Grail Schmail, who cares? I'll, you know, I'll, I'm, I'm here to find my dad. Like more than once, he's like, I don't care about the Grail. I'm just trying to find my dad. Mm-hmm. And so this movie, like I like right now, we're like, Jerry, you're asking like, is he annoyed to find out that the quest for the Grail is not about archaeology? Like, does he actually literally, yes or no, care about finding the Holy Grail? I don't know. But he he's seeking it as an artifact, not as a magical relic that can give everlasting life. He's interested in it as something you could put into a museum. Right. That's his gig. You know what? But even on those terms, that yeah. seems like a really secondary I, thing to him in this movie. I think, you know what? I don't think he is interested in the grail. I'm going to say no, literally. Hmm. I kind yeah. of agree. Yeah. I think I think he, he wants to get his dad back, and <laughs> his dad is obsessed with the grail. And mm-hmm. I think his dad makes a good point here that we'll see, you know, later in this minute where the, the camera kind of, uh, fo- you know, closes in on Indy's face, and he has to make a decision here. So... But but I don't think that's driven by wanting the Grail, even as an artifact. Let me put, ask you. You know, Marshall, you some, Marshall College. Let me ask you guys something else. If the Nazis were not seeking the Grail, would Indy still want it? Hmm. No. <laughs> Be, yeah, because See, we he knows that at the, in Donovan's office, he he literally says you have the wrong Doctor Jones. <laughs> right i'm not the one who cares about it yes i'm not the one who cares about it and he's i mean if they said i certainly understand thank you for the time uh, uh, dr jones uh, my goons will show you back to your office hours mm-hmm. I'll I send th- you back through the window yeah i'll send you back actually maybe that's why maybe that's why he had a change of heart in Donovan's <laughs> office. <laughs> no not yeah. the office hours not my class <laughs> not my class not archaeology <laughs> It's weird because I feel like I feel like the answer is, I mean, he's Indiana Jones. I think the answer is yes, he does want the Grail, but I I really feel like the movie is not giving me that in some weird way. Like he doesn't have a moment anywhere in the movie, even like I think through the end of the movie, I don't think he has a moment where he's like, "Holy cow, me and the Grail, I'm gonna get the Grail." Like I'm I'm, you know, I'm fighting for like if somebody took the Grail in a truck, he wouldn't be like, "What truck?" He'd be like, "Oh well, you know." You know, like he's he's not he's that. not he's not fighting for it. He's just kind of like along for the ride in a weird way. Like I his dad is sort of driving ride. this a little yeah. more. Yeah, this isn't his. This isn't Indy's quest. 
But, yeah. But yeah. I feel like the strength of Indiana Jones Adventures is, you know, he wants to rescue Marion or he has to get back to Short mm-hmm. Round or even Willie. That it's it's about the the personal relationships he makes along the way on these adventures. That it's never just right. about, you know, the the glory. It's uh or, you know, which I, I really like earlier in the movie when the, the guy says uh, do you seek it for your glory or for the glory of God? I thought that was a great line. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But that, that it you know, brings up the idea that Indy's in it for the glory. But really, it's never necessarily been about the glory. It's about the relationships. And in this case, it's clearly the relationship with his dad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And even Marcus, like in the previous minute, he's like, you know, no, we're not going to Berlin to get your diary. We're going to get Marcus. We're, we're, we're you yeah. know, yeah. it's like the choice. It's like Berlin and the Grail or, or wherever and Marcus. Look, if you think about all the things that Indy seeks out, there's only, I mean, there's one that takes the cake, for me at least, and it's the Chachapoyan Idol. Hmm. He wants that. Yeah. Like, he yeah. went to South America, <laughs> and he right. hired all the guys, and he did mm-hmm. it all himself. He, he, he did it over spring break, or he may have even, you know, he said it was fall semester break. He, for all I know, he's ditching school. That's something yeah. that he wanted and orchestrated and, uh, and you know, went after specifically. The arc yeah. kind of falls into his lap, and it's Abner, and, you know, he does want to do it. He's super excited. But and then the I mean the whole Temple of Doom thing I mean it falls out of the sky he, he has nothing to do with anything yeah the stones he right. does and then he even we even joked about the whole thing he's like oh do I really have to save these kids from slavery <laughs> they're not rocks yeah, I guess it was like it was like something he had to think about you know <laughs> right but uh, you know I have a question for you Pete Mummert okay so is this whole movie. And this whole little, you know, uh, it's, you know, Grail's not about archaeology. Are they just operating under the philosophy of the best offense is a good defense? Like, like, because we have no idea what Henry even wants with the Grail. He's just trying to keep it out of the Nazis' hands or evil. That's it? That's Yeah. So is that all that's going on here? So would he be just as happy if sort of Cosm and everybody just stopped everybody from getting to the Grail? I don't think so. Like, I think he wants the Enlightenment more than he wants to stop the Nazis from getting it. Right. But what's, I mean, the, yeah. what's the Enlightenment when you just drink it and then live forever? Or even weirder, you drink it, live forever in a, you know, 30 by 30 cave. <laughs> yeah, like a little jail cell. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I think it might just be he wants to find out that he's been right with what he's devoted his life to. Mm-hmm. Like, he wants mm-hmm. to have some meaning to everything that, you know, he's... He's devoted his entire life to this quest. I'm going to chime in and say I I agree with that, that at some point the quest becomes, well, I've put so much into this already. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. So many years already into this quest. We're so close. Yeah. 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 Why be the grail scholar on earth and not try to find the grail? Yeah. And I mean, you go from being the grail scholar on earth to being the, the scholar on earth. Like he'd yeah. be on the cover of Time and Life and everything. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Grail Weekly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, qu- question for you, Kevin. Yeah. Does Indy ever understand obsessions? <clears throat> huh. I mean, based on this minute, no. Um, <laughs> I guess not. He d- he doesn't understand his own father's obsession, and um. To your point, he's a guy who kind of like 
you know, travels with the wind, falls out of the sky from an airplane and goes on an adventure. Adventure falls into his lap. People come to him. He's not necessarily mm -hmm. seeking it out. Uh, so I'm not sure what his obsessions are. Although I would say his relationship with his hat <laughs> could, could qualify as an obsession. Oh, definitely. <laughs> but he never talks about that. That one. would He's make just a, sort of there. That would make kind a, of looks at him. That would make a fun fifth movie. They've got yeah. the hat. What? Oh, man. Oh, that's kind of how the fourth one ended, and that, that didn't go so well. Oh, yeah, that's true. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but Thanks, it's interesting Pete. because Indy gets right in his dad's face here. Like, he's pointing right in his face, and mm -hmm. he's come a long way from the yes, sir, in the castle. Mm. Yeah. Like, And I'm wondering, has he been waiting his entire life for this confrontation? Or has he done this before? He may have done it, like, the last time they yeah. saw each other. Yeah. When was the last like, time like, they saw each other, do you think? I don't know. Like, you know, it seems like it's been a long time. Like, they, Marcus says something about, like, you know... He says something about how long it's been since they've seen uh -huh. each other and how they've gotten farther and farther apart. And I can imagine that there was some like sort of like kiss off argument where he's like, you're an obsessed, weird old man. I don't well, get does, it. And does, see is Indy, yeah. does he not understand his dad's obsession because he's so resentful of his father? Or does he actually not understand the obsession with the Holy Grail? I think, I mean, it's coming off of Henry's Army of Darkness speech which seems really overblown. So it does feel like it's kind of like, dad, you're nuts. You're <laughs> like, yes. Okay. The grail. It's like an amazing artifact that we might be able to find, but you're going crazy. Like, wow, how is it a race against evil? Like that kind of thing. So like you're really obsessed. I took it the opposite. I took it more as, Oh, this is an obsession. Dad, you destroyed our family. Like, mm -hmm. and then he, he brings up mom. He's like, I never understood it. And neither did mom. Yeah. And it's like he throw he slaps his dad with that. And then his dad turns right around and slaps Indy with the same thing. <laughs> yeah. Which, what is that? He says, oh, I didn't, I don't understand it. Neither did mom. And Henry says, you know, oh, yes, she did only too well. But like, what does that mean? Does that mean she was on board with the quest? Or does, was she an enabler? Like, is she oh. just listening? Yeah, that, line, that line really baffled me. I had to pull up the script because I, I didn't understand when the way Sean Connery pronounced Unish. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I had to go yeah. to the script. Her and see. From me. Yeah, it did sound like Onus. Um, and yeah, the, as I read it and as I listened to it, I did not understand the excuse he was making that she understood it only too well. Mm -hmm. but, yeah. but to go back, yeah. you know, just to make it a little bit broader, and I guess this is, you know, this is what Spielberg and, and Lucas are probably getting at. Can any son understand his father's obsessions? Mm. And maybe, you know, maybe it takes a lifetime in kind of a cat's cradle way to the son becomes the father and I uh -huh. did a little. I did a little bit of math to that end. Uh, do you guys know how old Sean Connery was when he appeared in uh, Crusade? Is he fifty-five, something like that? He was fifty-nine. Fifty-nine. Okay. And how wow. old was Harrison Ford when he appeared in Crystal Skull? Hmm. Wow. Sixty-six. Like Sixty. Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. I mean, Sean Connery is twelve years older than Harrison Ford. <laughs> yeah. Which is. Uh, it just, I guess, you know, the, the, the fact that he's not wearing a hairpiece and everything, he looks, he looks younger or he looks older than he is. Um, mm -hmm. but it's very curious if you were to compare like how active Sean Connery is, you know, running around with his umbrella and chasing stuff and going down a mountainside compared to, I just saw Crystal Skull for the first time last year that there's just so, oh, many, really? wow. so many scenes of Indy being tied to a chair. <laughs> 
Yeah. <laughs> it's like, let's make sure he can't get up. We've given him potion. He's paralyzed. He just has to yeah. lay on this mattress and watch as we reveal our yeah. evil schemes. The snake venom goes right to his hip joints and makes him ache. <laughs> that was great. I have no idea what you guys are talking about. <laughs> it's kind of ignorance is bliss. <laughs> You know, we get this line about Indy's mom having an illness, and I'm wondering, mm-hmm. do you guys think it was a malady of the ears? <laughs> <laughs> and that Indy's going mean, to suffer the same a, fate? A yeah, and he's gonna, yeah, yeah. It's something. maybe it's like, and your mother's ears, but maybe that's more like a curse. Yeah. You know, back <laughs> when Elsa ears. said that, like, she's like, you, my, you have your father's eyes, and Indy's like, and my mother's ears, meaning like there's a genetic... <laughs> Mutation. Yeah. I'm gonna. I'm gonna get some horrible. Yeah, don't <laughs> suck on him. Malady. <laughs> <laughs> My mother died of it. Her ears. Yeah, you know, it's like ear mellitus or whatever. I guess it's one of those things. You know, that's the problem, Junior, with your ears. Just like your mother, you can hear me, but you're not listening. <laughs> right. That kind of a problem. That kind of an illness with the ears. They can hear, but they can't listen. <laughs> I like that. That's well, that's crazy. that's what I thought. Elsa, like when Elsa said Indy had his mother's ears, I was wondering if she actually meant he's the first man that's ever listened to her and supported her obsession. Oh, that's why she was so ah. into them. Yeah. yeah, God, that's great. She basically, only makes out with his that. ears. Yeah, that's all she's yeah. into. <laughs> she's all she's into. Well, so I mean, look. So the whole point is, we're supposed to glean from this that. Indy's mom could have been saved, except that Henry's obsession for the Grail prevented him from ministering to his wife. But it sounds like she, I'm, I'm starting to think like she understood how obsessed he was and she was like, oh, I'm not going to bring up yeah. whatever it was, you know, cancer or something. I'm just going to let him yeah. Yeah. write in his diary or something. Yeah, I don't want to trouble him. Right, pretty right, sick. Right. I'm, I'm not going <laughs> yeah. Yeah. to bring up cancer. But, yeah. but think about this. So is there like a symbolism or like insane irony to the fact that, you know, you're ignoring your terminally ill spouse while you seek <laughs> the cup of everlasting yeah. life? Right. <laughs> is that why she understood it? Was he seeking the grail to save her? Oh. oh. No, I thought exactly that too. But then what's crazy is then she would have had to tell him that she was terminally ill. Right. Yeah. yeah. Stop up your research, will you? Quit being such a. Uh, <laughs> right. I mean, you he be says, a field worm and get out there and, and find he, this thing. <laughs> 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 maybe, maybe, <laughs> what if she. Maybe it had something to do with rats. You know, I just. <laughs> maybe she had, I looked you know, it up. Like, I looked it up. Anna, this is according to uh, young Indiana Jones, that. Uh, Anna Mary Jones died from scarlet fever in 1912 at the age of 33. Whoa, so that's like half an hour before the beginning yeah. of the movie? Really? That's crazy. Wow. So she just died. I was just going to ask that. Like, was she still around in that scene? We didn't see her hmm. with River Phoenix. Oh, wow, she she's could. like, G- wow. That's crazy. Wow. She could be, so, ups- so, she could mean- be upstairs dying. In silence, <laughs> and or yeah, she just died and everyone's moved on, or something. Oh my god! Uh, so, the saddest so movie I've ever says, seen. He, yeah, well, <laughs> all, and and the dad said, you know, Henry says like all I could do was mourn her. Mm-hmm. And you're like, okay, so listen, I I can't 
listen to Young Indiana Jones. So Scarlet Fever, I just can't. It, that's, that's inadmissible. <laughs> but let's say it's something like that or some terminal illness or something that actually, it sounds like, could have been cured. Right. It does. You yeah, get that it sense. Sounds like, like if only yeah, somebody like he, had known, it would have been yeah, fine. Yeah, if only somebody had known and hadn't had their damn head in a illuminated manuscript hmm. 24 <laughs> hours a day, yeah. you know, then then Indy's mom would still be alive. Yeah. And I'm thinking, so she just didn't tell him, like, honey, I have a fever of 105? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't want to disrupt him. He's, he's so close to yeah. finding that second marker yeah i'm making dinner from the floor dear don't ask why i just want to take a minute to appreciate that the three guys who are watching the trilogy of movies minute by minute are criticizing another man's obsession <laughs> you don't hear our wives on the show do you? <laughs> I was going to take that one step further and I stopped myself Thank you. <laughs> Pete's wife has a fever of 105 right now <laughs> so oh my god but then you know Indy looks up like after after Henry throws this in his face Indy looks up and he, it looks like he's looking at the sign, but the sign's actually behind him. So I'm, I guess he's just imagining the sign. Wait, but, is it really? Oh, wait a minute. That's not true. Pete. Is it? Pete. Stop it. Yeah, they just moved past it, right? No, wait a no, minute. I what think is they it? You know right what? At it, don't they? They stop. You know what's funny about that sign, Pete? What's that? The sign now reads Venice, not Venedig. Oh, get out oh, of here. I didn't notice that. Magic sign. It says Venice, Berlin. Huh. Also interesting that the sign is in English. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. it wasn't when we first saw it, but now it says Berlin, Venice. I'm looking at it right now. It's because of the TARDIS. 43. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I think that they're they're looking at it from the other... I think they stopped and... So they stopped and turned around? No, no, no. I think they. I think when they first stopped the car, the, car, the, the, the motorcycle... I think they were not yet at the sign. The sign was still in front of them. Okay. Yeah. I could be dead wrong, but that's how I... That's how no, I, no, we're no. Seeing I, that's this, my recollection. Because beneath it, there's another placard, and you're seeing it from opposite sides. At 105.23 and 107.43, the, the sign is... Uh, it is not only looking at it in different directions, but obviously it's pointing you in different directions. Kind yeah. of like... Uh, kind of like the two different left and right doors of the Creature Cantina. <laughs> the that was mean, Kevin. Come on. Thank you. Yeah, Kevin. Oh, sorry. Let's so you yeah, a guest. You're a guest I on guess, this show. I guess we know what my obsession is. Too soon. So I, I just, I just rewatched. They, they drive in and they drive right past the sign. And they don't really? change their orientation. So I think he's just imagining the sign here. Like, That's so wait a minute, explain. I thought weird. it said like on one side, the the sign is written in German, mm -hmm. and then on the other side, it's written in English. Like like every right. sign at the germo Austrian <laughs> border. <laughs> Just in case. You're right, which is weird because they're past the thing, so it has to be in his imagination now. Because the side, when they drive past it, looking back, it says uh, Venice and Berlin in German. Right. Oh my God, you're when right. You, when you first see the it. sign, it says Venedig. Yeah. Berlin. Yeah. yeah. And then now it says Venice. Berlin. Yeah. Oh, that's weird. 
But that one hundred percent reads as though he's looking right at the side. Yeah, it does. It one hundred. It does. Yeah. It does. And I thought the same thing. And, yeah. and now I'm thinking, wait a minute. Are we actually, are we introducing what goes on in Indy's imagination? <laughs> uh oh. <laughs> I'm cold. That's, yeah, I'm cold. I think I think everybody has a fever of hundred percent. <laughs> but it's, it's going to change everything. Is Indy now? Is he doing this now for his mom? Like, is he now that's going weird, along on yeah. this for his mom? Is Henry manipulating him to do that? I don't, because, yeah, that's the end of their argument, is that, you know, mm. all I, you know, she, she kept her disease from me, uh, you know, all I could do was mourn her, and he puts his hat on, and then Indy has made the decision to go to Berlin. Mm-hmm. So it, I, 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 that's as good as, I don't know, does it mean like, is that, is Indiana Jones now saying, all right, if my mom sort of understood that there was something up with dad's obsession, that he was onto something or something, that maybe we should go to... I don't know exactly. I don't know what's going on. I, that never occurred to me, that he's like... Yeah, he's picking up where his mom... What if Indy's sick right now? <laughs> <laughs> he's not even telling the audience. And he's not yeah. even telling the audience or his dad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe it's just like, maybe it's like, maybe this is like, like we were saying, like this, this, this hunt for the grail isn't even for him. It's for his dad. So he's like, uh, dad just brought up my mom and he's sad about my mom dying. I guess my dad's sort of a human and he's got feelings about this. And all right, I'll take him to Berlin and we'll get the grail and we'll. Hurt yeah. Him. I, 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 cause it plays kind of like that. But so I was wondering, is yeah. he doing it for his dad? Is he doing it for his mom or is he just doing it for himself? I, I thought actually he was doing it because he heard that armies of darkness and he was like, Oh my God. <laughs> like again. Yeah. How many <laughs> Nazis do I have to darkness. melt? <laughs> yeah. Exactly. exactly. I kind of thought like, cause he hears the whole armies of darkness and he's still really angry about this as an obsession. And he's just, he's just like a 12 year old furious at his dad. Mm-hmm. He's just yeah. furious at him. That's why I asked the question. Does he not understand the obsession? Does it, or, or does he just, hate the fact that it's coming out of his dad's mouth yeah i think the latter yeah, yeah that at least you know flavors it for him yeah yeah i i think he might if he decides to go to berlin here i i, I think it's because he's so frustrated and angry and just furious he's like i'm tired of all this just get it out yeah like you know my dad and his stupid obsession about the grail and now we brought up my mom and all this stuff i'm just i I don't even care about the grail (laughs) i just want it over with yeah okay dad go to nazi germany (laughs) yeah let's see what happens i i i this last week i had a ward on my foot oh and i went to the doctor I know, Pete, don't listen. <laughs> I went to the doctor, and the guy said, hey, do you want me to numb this up? And I said, no, I don't care. And he goes, does this hurt a little bit? And it killed. He, like, starts to use the <laughs> razor blade and get it off, you know, like, cut the ward yeah. off. And it, it hurt. And I was like, I don't care. I don't care. He's like, we could just do this right now. I'm like, do it right now. Right now, I want it over with. I never want to see this ward again. Mm-hmm. Over with. And it, he hurt it more, and then he had to freeze it, and then he started digging more and more. I said, that's fine. <laughs> Absolutely fine. <laughs> Like just the get me out of here get me out of all this yeah it was just because i'm so like wishy-washy but every once in a while everything collapses down on you mm-hmm. and you're like i'm not wishy-washy at all i want this done i want it over i don't care i'll go to berlin i'm gonna go into the lion's den and find elsa yeah. and rip the diary out <laughs> of her you know breast pocket yeah 
Now, I wasn't there at the doctor's office, but I bet he wasn't saying we could numb this and then not get rid of the wart. I think he would have taken <laughs> care of the wart too, but you wouldn't have been in pain. I'm just saying I feel like with, with Indy and his dad and the whole relationship, it's just decades long yeah. resentment yeah. and and just he's it's baggage it's, yeah it's just baggage yeah yeah as well as i would like know, <laughs> decades of resentment but then also you know very recently he found out he and he and his dad slept with the same woman yeah like, <laughs> yeah that's yeah. gotta be a knife no in the no yeah. no yeah. no grown man likes to think of his you know senior dad having sex with another woman <laughs> that's not his mom uh let alone a woman yeah. that he himself yeah 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 i think he's yeah he's like he can't get to berlin fast enough yeah i'm gonna make a rolling stop dad just get ready to jump out i'll I'll see you in venice he's he's furious and angry and he's also in a corner it's like armies of darkness he can't go to venice yeah right yeah you know (laughs) one thing i i love though about this shot you bring up the sign. I love that the close-up shot of the Berlin Venice street sign. It it amplifies the fact that it's actually a cross. Hmm. Oh yeah. 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 It looks like something out of uh, I don't know, The Great Escape or something. Some like really cool yeah. like yeah. Technicolor '60s yeah. World War II movie or something. Yeah. The blue sky and the trees and, and the yeah. cre- the trees are so emerald green. Like behind it, it's amazing <laughs> yeah. looking. Yeah. Yeah. And then we cut. It's funny because uh, I, I thought symbolically, you know, the use of that sign is that it's very much a crossroads, but it is a crossroads. <laughs> <laughs> it's a cross, showing a crossroads. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and then we cut, uh, well, we're looking at the, the crossroads, and that kind of <laughs> morphs into uh, a, a German marching song, and we see a city square at night in Berlin, and they're burning them. They're. they're burning books or throwing books onto a giant pyre mm-hmm. and this uh this march was composed in 1866 to commemorate a german victory over austria that kind of began the german empire and and uh, lindy riefenstahl used it at the beginning of triumph of the will of the big parade scene oh, no, so yeah. they're kind of echoing that this oh, wow. whole this whole little scene no. It's, is it correct me if i'm wrong here peter or correct me if i'm wrong here doris is it the <laughs> Königgrätzer March. Königgrätzer. Konig. Uh, You're close. What is it? Yeah. They just did those umlauts change the pronunciation. Yeah. How do you pronounce Königgrätzer. it? You know, it got me thinking. Is there someone out there right now who is composing a military march? Uh. Like our our, our military march is just passe. Like for instance, like the Spin Doctors. <laughs> Are the spin doctors? Are the spin doctors composing a military march? Military is that march. Your question? No, I'm dead. I'm dead serious because this is a great march, isn't it? I mean, I listen mm-hmm. to this. This is a fantastic piece of music, mm-hmm. and I thought to myself, where are today's military marches? Mm. Just does anybody even compose them? Hmm. That's a good question. Why well, I, I did probably like yeah. You know, I mean, all the-, the Imperial March from Empire. That's probably the last oh, one. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, but that's like what eighty-one. The march of the yeah. Resistance from. Uh- <laughs> Uh, Force Awakens. Maybe. That was a good one. I mean, yeah. like, whenever we think of marches, they're always, like, 100 years old. Yeah. Raiders March. Or in this case, what is this? 150 years yeah. old. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, this was old even when the Nazis started using it. Theme to Dallas. 
<laughs> just like, we're just naming songs that I used to play in like grade school band. You know, we, we touched on this before, the A-Team. Yeah. Yeah, the A-Team. There yeah. you go. That's a great march. Yeah. <laughs> I had a, you know, a question here. We talk about the, the pyre of burning books. Mm-hmm. Now that the Nazis are confident that they have Henry Sr.'s Grail diary, is that just a big piles of, you know, books are burning? You know, is that just a big pile like everyone's now burning their own Grail diaries? <laughs> <laughs> See, I, th- I think like, it is because <laughs> the, the actual famous Berlin book burning took place in 1933. And so 1938, mm. when this takes place, all the books would have been burnt already that were proscribed. So I think they are. They're just like throwing whatever they find in there. I just think it's a, maybe they're all personal, their own personal grail diaries. It's like, oh, maybe, maybe word got out. Hey, we have Henry Sr.'s grail diary. Or else they're, burn, they're, <laughs> like, they're burning all the other archaeologists who are searching for artifacts as diaries. Yeah. I was, um, <laughs> I was doing research just before we started taping and, um, I know uh, I, I read that Goebbels wanted 25,000 different titles uh, wiped out that he considered them to be un-German. And I was doing my research trying to find it out. And then uh, as I pulled up different German language pages and everything, I was like, oh, no, am I going to be on some kind of a list now? <laughs> oh, no. What are my Facebook pop-up ads going to be now? <laughs> oh, now we man. can't air this episode. <laughs> there is so a nice I didn't though. get too far in my research before I chickened out. You did it for the show, and we thank yeah, you. Yeah, we do thank you. Oh, you're we appreciate welcome. that. And if you if you go to Berlin today, um, there's a fantastic memorial to the the uh, remnants of the book burning across the street from across Unter den Linden from the Humboldt University, in the plaza where this took place. There's a glass window in the middle of the ground, and you look down and you see kind of ash-colored empty shelves that would hold several thousand books. Oh wow! It's Whoa, really it's wow, a powerful really? memorial. It's really it's a cool thing to see. Man, uh, speaking of powerful memorials, yeah. Uh, this just in from professor christy porter um indy says this is an obsession what obsession do you have now that a family member will will nail you on in 20 years (laughs) my family member nails me on this obsession every (laughs) daily (laughs) why are you doing this stupid podcast yeah See you tomorrow. <laughs> that's not even in 20 years. Yeah, that's, that's in 20 minutes. That's now. Yeah. <laughs> I hate to think what it's going to be in 20 years. <laughs> yeah, that covers Tommy. it. <laughs> oh, you're all right. You're bailing, huh? <laughs> no, no, I'm saying that's, that's, that's totally oh, it. That's, yeah. uh, you that's, know. Yeah. Yeah. Talking about these dumb movies one minute at a time, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> even I don't understand it. <laughs> what am I doing here? What have I done with my life? Kevin? Um, there's something that my, uh, my older son is 12 and he has started making fun of me for repeating, uh, statements or ideas that I've shared with him. Cause I guess I forget that I've already told him <laughs> and the, uh, the thing is when we talk about pizza, I'll compare pizza to this quote where, uh, Billy Bragg, the musician, Billy Bragg said, the rock and roll you hear when you're 16 years old defines what good rock and roll is. Mm. And I said, you know, the, the pizza, yeah. the first good pizza you have as a kid, it will define what you think of as good pizza for the rest <laughs> of your life. And I always compare it to that rock and roll quote. 
<laughs> um, so whenever we have pizza, he will he will bait me. He will he will try to trick me into saying it, <laughs> and I've caught on. So I can I can definitely imagine this happening twenty years from now. That he'll oh yeah, and that and that he'll make it new. That he'll explain to his his <laughs> girlfriend or wife or whoever's with us. He'll mm-hmm. he'll get to make fun of me for repeating this <laughs> idea about pizza and rock and roll. <laughs> you totally told that same story on Raiders too. Oh, oh totally. Everywhere I go. <laughs> That's hilarious. Pete's getting back at you for the uh two right doors. Please comment. go for it. Go for it. <laughs> <laughs> two right doors. Uh Jerry, did you Ah uh, You know what? Living in Los Angeles, there's a lot of aloe plants <laughs> that grow in the wild, you know, or just not even in the wild, just on like what would be the tree lawn mm-hmm. if you're from the Midwest. And, you know, I have this obsession with aloe. Like I'll go outside in the middle of the night with a kitchen knife and I'll just <laughs> cut off a leaf, like a, a like a like one of the succulent big stems. And I go home and I open it up and I'll just put it on my face. Like, right. you know, like aloe. Yeah, and it feels amazing. I'm picturing the neighbor and yelling at sleep. you on your way back in <laughs> I know. No, I do. Uh, you put aloe on your face and it feels great. And I, I've kind of developed a little obsession about it. You read a little about it on the internet, I'll tell you that Google is a dangerous thing. Yeah. <laughs> Steal a little aloe It's, it's funny home. because, you know, the, the idea that you're, t- you're doing skin care is kind of like eternal youth. By way of aloe. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> it totally is. Totally is. I'll put a little aloe meat chunks in like a, the Nutribullet or something. <laughs> it's good for you. They say. It's I don't true. know. Yeah. <laughs> that and you guys you guys know me, you know, Pete and Tommy. You know, I, I, I love tea, like making big vats of iced tea. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I, I got a little crazy kooky obsessed about that. Like, all the different, like, rooibos and peppermint and mm-hmm. cinnamon. And you kind of put them all together and you have fun. And, and you know, you, when you're sitting there and you have, like, four or five gallons of tea in your kitchen and everyone has left you, <laughs> <laughs> you start to think, huh, maybe I'll... <laughs> <laughs> this might, maybe I've taken this a little too far. Maybe I'm like a little Henry Senior. <laughs> or you're like, I made the right choices. I'm good. I yeah, my tea. I'm gonna, I'm gonna outlive everybody. <laughs> <laughs> I love you, ground ginger. <laughs> I do really appreciate how innocuous your obsessions are, though, Jerry. Yeah. Like, oh, I really, I try to take bit. care of myself a little bit too much. I, uh... <laughs> yeah, I'm a little too healthy. Yeah. Return oh, to the earth too... a little too much. <laughs> Uh, well, I think ob- obsession implies uh, <laughs> that it's, uh, I support, uh, you know, it's unhealthy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I guess that's what I- obsession implies, right? <laughs> well, on that fine note, uh, Kevin, that was, thanks a lot for joining us today. Um, maybe Can I could... make one last observation? Yeah, please. Oh, I please. really like the transition of we see the sign and then we see the burn, you know, the, the fire burning from the books. Um which is interesting, I guess, because books and signs come out of the same wood, right? Ah. But, um, ah. but uh, there's a great transition in the movie Witchfinder General. This was one of the last uh, Corman adaptations of Edgar Allan Poe. You know, they, they burned through all the good Edgar Allan Poe stories. So they, they, they did one based on a poem called The Conqueror Worm. And uh, there's a fantastic transition that I love in the movie where it, uh, it shows... In 1968, when like the snap zoom was relatively new, 
Mm. Uh, they, they do a snap zoom of a shot into the ocean and you see these waves breaking on the beach, you know, at the surf. And, uh, and from the surf, it, it does a dissolve into a fire that was taking place elsewhere. And it's like a, a big burning. And I love the, the elements of the water turning into fire. Mm-hmm. And it just reminded me of that a little bit. And I always wonder what, uh, you know, what's, what Spielberg and Lucas's influences are and what they're drawing mm. from. But it oh. just reminded me of that a little bit. I'll send, I'll, I'll dig up a clip and I'll send it to you guys. We yeah. Can, cool. Put it on the Facebook page. Yeah. Cool. And uh, speaking of, that's kind of, you do a lot of really cool stuff like that with your live show, Kevin Geeks Out. Yeah, we're constantly, you know, uh, doing compare and contrast and side by side and all that kind of stuff and looking at uh, trends and tropes and media histories and things that are, I always, I always question, you know, rip off homage or coincidence is something that I'm really interested <laughs> in. So, uh, yeah, you can, you can learn more by going to lovekevin.com, see some videos, find out about the latest Kevin Geeks Out show. Right now we're just doing them in Brooklyn, New York, but who knows, somebody could be listening to this uh, a year from now when we've expanded and maybe i'll do a show in boston or la or taking it on the road somewhere we'll see yeah hopefully you make it to san francisco one of these days i've been wanting to see i would love to come to san francisco they got a great (laughs) uh the alamo draft house is there in the castro district right yeah or in the mission yeah but close to the castro mission yep cool yeah would love to do that yeah, I hope, I hope that happens one of these days. And uh, if you guys want to find where we're going to post uh, what Kevin sends us, come check us out on our Facebook group, Indiana Jones Minute and the Listener's Crusade. And you can find it there. You can find Kevin there. You can find all of us there. And you can also join us back here tomorrow for Minute 69 of Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade here on the Indiana Jones Minute. Hello? <laughs> 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 it's actually not that healthy. <laughs> it's not very sticky. Yeah. Yeah. You know that it is. The sticky's never healthy. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>